Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America Babylon and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. Welcome to the Omega Man Radio Show. Today is Tuesday. It is 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, we have a great show for you today. We're waiting for our guest, Peter Kulin, to call in from Sweden. And we had some technical difficulties today. I'll be honest with you. Talk about winging it. I come back to the Omega Man Studios about an hour ago. I have my coffee in hand. I say, well, I've got a little bit of uh, time to prepare and then I notice uh, my light's blinking on my cable modem. Talk about equipment failure at the last minute. Uh, so as we speak, I have a remote producer patching me in live on the air out of Kentucky. Shouts out to Donna Beavers. You're a lifesaver today. And um, I have no Internet connection, so the Omega Man radio show wasn't supposed to happen today uh, if the enemy had its way. So we bind all forces of Satan in Jesus' name, and command you to loose yourself from this connection right now, in Jesus' name. So we're going to stand by for a moment and uh, see if Peter calls in. Uh, in the meantime, we have a, another guest on the line with us. Jeff, are you on the line with us? Yes, I am. 
Excellent. Uh, Jeff, uh, while we're waiting to see if uh, Peter's going to dial in, uh, what's the Lord got on your heart today? Go ahead and uh, just take the mic and uh, expound a little bit. Okay. God says to be instant in season and out of season, and this is an example of it. <laughs> he says to be ready at all times to give a word. And uh, this could be an example of it today. The You're doing your show out of Georgia in the studio. It's being produced in Kentucky. And uh, we're going to smile and we're going to go on with the Lord today. And um, I believe God has really been dealing with me here lately about um, walking in the spirit and staying out of the flesh so that we can be anointed. And um, that's what we'll talk about here for a little while. And um, I believe the anointing is the key to victory in a Christian's life, especially if you're going to overcome the powers of evil, if you're going to minister to hurting people, people that are lost, people who need to be delivered, people who need to be healed. It takes the anointing to do that. So let's talk about that today if you want to. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, what I'm going to do is uh, let me make an announcement right now. Peter, if you are tuning in, uh, the dial number for today's show is 917-889-2745. Uh, if you uh, are listening to this broadcast, we'll uh, hold on another five minutes allow you to dial in. Folks, again, this is live radio. You never know what you're going to get. But that's a beautiful thing, too. It's fresh. And, you know, the power of God, the anointing of God can operate in an environment like that. So this is not a pre-recorded broadcast. Um, we are live on the air. Uh, it should have not happened today if Satan had had his way. Uh, it seems like, Jeff, I woke up this morning and the attacks were just unleashed against my family. I had a grandmother that uh, I get word that she'd been rushed to the emergency room. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, you go to bed, everything's fine, and you wake up and, uh, you know, the, the world is uh, crashing around you. Internet problems today. Friends calling me uh, under attack. Uh, does this, any of this strike a chord with you? Yes, um, especially after you and others that I know have run on the air and begin their ministry, especially over the airways, where Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. So anytime that you go into his dominion, he's going to try to lash back at you. And um, it's a good time to be talking about staying out of the flesh and walking in the spirit, because if you walk in the spirit, there's really nothing he can do. It's when you're in the flesh and he attacks, and then you begin to get upset and begin to try to fight him in the flesh or fight him with um, what the Bible calls carnal weapons, then we lower ourselves down to his level, and then his attack becomes very inevitable and very powerful in our lives. But if we, we have been given weapons, the Bible says, that are not carnal, but they are spiritual. And it says those weapons are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. And I believe the Lord Jesus Christ told us, he gave us an example right before he left the disciples and went back to heaven. He said, you would receive power after the Holy Ghost came upon you. And um, when you get saved and you become a born-again Christian, the Holy Spirit moves into you and takes up residence. He becomes a comforter and a guide. He becomes the spirit of truth. He becomes everything that you need him to be. He even becomes the revealer of Jesus Christ himself in our lives. And then we go on and find out that there is 
what is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Many many doctrines have been you know discussed over this, and people fight over this all the time. But number one, you get a, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes into you and lives there. Number two, though, there is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said you would receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, not in you, but upon you. So what is happening is um, the Holy Spirit, the word power, in the Greek is dunamis. It means the ability to work miracles. So um, that ability to work miracles is what we call the anointing. The anointing is the power of the Holy Spirit working and operating in you. And it is the ability to lay hands on the sick and they are healed. It's the ability to cast out devils. It's the ability to even flow in what the Bible calls the gifts of the Spirit. Um, Some of those are to be able to prophesy, to have a word of knowledge, which is a supernatural knowing of events that's going on. Uh, There's a word of wisdom. Then there's other gifts, gifts of healing, gifts of faith. All those gifts are activated by the anointing or the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's why it's so important. Um, Satan really is not going to do anything to you or bother you if you're a powerless Christian. If if you go to church a couple times a week, if you do all, all the religious things that you know to do, he's not going to bother you. But when power comes into your life, you become a severe threat to Satan's kingdom. And you can take territory back from him that he has stole from other people. So when when the anointing comes upon your life, these attacks begin to happen in your life also to try to sidetrack you, discourage you. Satan will lie to you and say there is no power, that the power is not working in your life, that God's not with you. Um, He tries to steal your identity in Christ, hoping that he can take that power away from you. Because he, he really, when you're anointed... He knows he can't just full-blown come against you because that anointing will destroy him. So what he does is try to steal our identity in Christ, our confidence in God. He tries to steal our faith, and he does all this through circumstances so that we will stop operating in that anointing and just go back to being what um, the Bible calls a carnal Christian or Christian that's ruled by their flesh instead of being ruled by the Spirit. Jeff, uh I would have to agree with you. Uh, I would say that uh, the people that need to be worried are those that uh, could say, you know, look, I've been serving the Lord 90 years, and I've never been under attack. Nothing happens to me. Well, you know, that's uh, a litmus test for us to know if we're actually uh, moving forward in the call of Christ or not, because it's only when you give the devil a black eye that, uh, you know, he'll unleash his... uh, demon hordes out there on your track to try to, uh, you know, stop you. You know, if nothing's happening, then that's the time to be worried. Because uh, if you are doing the work of the Lord, if you are out there um, occupying till he comes, I want you to talk about what occupy really means. You know, if you're uh, moving forward in the commission that he has given us all as believers, then you can expect the enemy to attack. You know, the Lord says that signs that would follow them that believe is that they will cast out devils in my name, they shall speak in new tongues, and they shall lay hands on the sick and recover. And that's another litmus test. We need to uh, look at our lives and say, are we doing one of those three? If not, uh, maybe we need to get busy. You know, just going to church once a week, maybe going to a potluck dinner, 
uh, you know, doing a car wash to raise some money for the youth ministry, or coming out to the cantata once a year, that's not doing Christ any good. Now, yes, we need to fellowship. It says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. And we need fellowship, and we need some good uh, teaching. But um, God wanted us to get grounded in the Word and then move out and uh, start doing some real live ministry for Him, not just saying, okay, I heard the one-hour sermon on how to be a better me today and how to be the best that I can be or how to have big bedroom sex. Uh, Yes, people, that's what I'm hearing on TV. As God is my witness, it's gotten down to that. You turn on some of the airwaves, and they're talking about how to have, have better marital relations. God have mercy. Uh, I mean, that's what it's come down to, Jeff. And people go out and hear these kind of messages, and then they think, well, I'm serving Christ. Now let me go back and uh, let's go home. We've got to get out of here by noon because we've got to go out to, uh, to dinner and you know, catch the ball game. Am I hitting a chord of truth here, brother? Is that real ministry for the Lord? <laughs> Walking in the Spirit, well, really, that would probably take care of most of a person's problems or issues or things they're facing in their home. Um, if you're walking in the Spirit, you're going to be what Christ called you to be. You're going to be the husband or the wife God called you to be. You're going to be the father or the mother. You're going to, you're going to be these things if you're walking in the Spirit. Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit... He's the comforter. He's the guide. He's the perfecter. He will do these things in your life. Uh, I think, yeah, uh, a lot of people are missing the, the fact that we still have to teach people to stay away from sin. We have to teach them to be disciplined. Yes. Um, a lot of problems are just a lack of discipline. We can we we don't need a devil. We can get in enough trouble by ourselves. We can make <laughs> poor decisions and and create a lifetime of, of trying to get out of that decision um just we, we can do that on our own so walking in the spirit i believe is a key to staying out of trouble staying where god wants us to be staying away from sin oh coming out of sin and the bible even says by grace we have been given power over sin that sin doesn't have power over us anymore and um i believe the lord wants us to walk in this power and authority. He tells us in the Bible, literally, he said, um, if you keep yourself, it says the evil one touches you not. Now, that's an interesting scripture. The word touch there in the Greek means to hang on to. So if you keep yourself in the spirit, Satan cannot hang on to you any longer. And um, for most Christians, that's what he does. Um, I believe a born-again Christian that has given her life to Christ, Satan cannot possess your spirit, but he can outwardly attack your body. That's what it means to hold on to. He touches you from the outside. He oppresses your mind. He gives you thoughts of suicide. He um, does all kinds of things from the outside on, on a true believer because he can't get to your spirit anymore. So it says he, he, but then when you keep yourself, the Bible says Satan cannot touch you or hold on to you any longer. So the Bible is telling us there's a place we can get to God where Satan literally has to leave us alone. And um, the Lord, when he went into the wilderness temptation, remember John the Baptist baptized him, and it said the Holy Spirit came upon him in the image of a dove, and it said immediately the Holy Spirit drove Jesus. That's important. 
into the wilderness. Didn't drive him into the limelight. Didn't drive him into a large ministry. Didn't drive him anywhere, but drove him straight into the ministry. Here's a, here's a real key if you want to be used in the ministry. The Holy Spirit knows what we don't know. He knows what we need. It says he knows before we even think or ask. He knows what we need. He makes intercession for us. So we don't know how to pray, but the Spirit within us can pray for us. And he drove Jesus into the wilderness because the Holy Spirit knew that Jesus would have to face a temptation. And Jesus' flesh in the, in the wilderness would have to die. So Jesus goes into the wilderness and he fasts and prays for 40 days nonstop. And it also says Satan was right there the whole 40 days tempting him. And Jesus used three little scriptures against Satan. Every time Satan would come against him and say, prove that you're the Son of God, Jesus would come back with, a, with the word and use it against Satan. And the Bible says that Satan left him for a season. So three scriptures, little scriptures spoken to Satan, whipped him so bad that he had to leave Jesus alone for a whole season. We don't see Satan coming back until the Garden of Gethsemane, some three, three and a half years later. So what I, God began to show me in this wilderness temptation, that Jesus, it said when Jesus come out of that wilderness, it said he went in full of the Spirit, but he come out, the Bible says, full of the power. There was a transformation that happened. He received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He goes into the wilderness. He takes Satan on. Satan's temptations do not work. The Lord dies to his flesh, and the Bible says very powerfully he come out of that wilderness full of the power of God. Then he starts his ministry. And um, God gave that to me years ago, and he said, preach that to the ministers. There's the key to their success, is when, when you die to your flesh, you overcome the devil to where he absolutely, he's always going to tempt you, he's always going to be there, but there is a point... The devil can only mess with your flesh. And if your body, Paul says, if your body is dead, then you are dead to sins. Well, there's uh, you know, a lot of uh, components that make up the, you know, the, the human. We've got the, the soul, spirit, got the body, the flesh, you know, the mind, will, the emotions. There's a lot there to attack. And uh, I'm in agreement with you that uh, how did Jesus withstand the wiles of the devil? You know, Satan was out there you know, saying, uh, I'll give you everything that you see. You know, he tempted him and says, uh, you know, I know you're hungry. Why don't you uh, turn these uh, stones to bread? Uh, you know, three times he tempted Christ. And, uh, you know, how did he do battle with Satan? He used the word of God. And uh, that's part of the uh, Ephesians armor that we've been equipped with. You know, the pick up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So uh, you're right on. That's an example to us uh, that uh, when, the, when Satan attacks, um, one tool we have at our disposal is the Word of God. You know, speak the Word of God, and it does not go out void. And it says, resist the devil, and he shall flee. Uh, am, I, uh, am I hitting a, a chord there of truth? Yeah, the, the devil attacks the Word. He can't win over the Word, so what he does is... Um 
If you notice, when Jesus was baptized by John, when he came out of the water, the Father spoke and said, This is my beloved Son. I am well pleased in him. Now we see Satan in the wilderness tell Jesus, If you are the Son of God. So he's questioning the word that the Father put inside him. He's questioning that word. And that's what he'll do with us. Satan, again, let's go back to the Garden of Eden. God told Adam, Do not eat of this tree, okay? Here comes Satan, and he tells Eve, did God say that? No, he's not really meaning what he said. You're not going to die if you eat this. Actually, your eyes will be open, and you'll be just like him. So he's taking the word, he's twisting it, he's questioning it, and he's messing with Eve's mind. And right, right there is a battlefield. The devil will mess more with your mind than anything. And what he's trying to do is get your thoughts not to line up with what the word of God says. He will. Um, the word says you are healed by his stripes. That settles it. But he will bring all kinds of sickness. You'll get bad reports. And the first thing the devil goes, well, see, the word's not true. If it was true, you wouldn't have gotten sick. But the Bible didn't say you wouldn't get sick. The Bible said you would be healed. So don't concentrate on the attack. The attack is just proof that you were doing something correct and Satan wants you out of the way. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Amen. So there's two parts to that, okay? And um, so when when we are attacked or, or we get news from the doctor that, that's a terrible report, that is Satan trying to attack the word, and hopefully you've had word put in you. A lot of people wait and get a bad report and say they're going to die, you know, in a couple of months, and then try to run to the Word for help. And it, God is gracious, but it might be too late. There may I, I, I remember I had to put at least two years of nothing but Word, eight hours a day inside of me, and that Word was attacked. Satan came in. I lost my eyesight. Um, some very bad things happened to my health, and I realized if I had not put that Word into fight, that I would have been in trouble. That word will, if you put it inside of you and receive it, it will fight for you. You say, how? You don't need to know how. The Bible tells you you don't need to know how. It just says, like you throw a seed in the ground, the farmer don't go out and say, how does it grow? It grows because it's a seed. It's meant to grow. So when we have the word of God inside of us, and it's rooted and it's grounded in there, and we've decided nothing's going to take it out of me, it's true no matter what circumstance comes against me, then it will work. And um, I know by example and total experience that it worked. Um, you know, when I lost my eyesight, the doctor said, you will be blind forever. This cannot be cured. You've lost your eyesight. That, that was the report. The, the best specialist in Kentucky, that was their report also. And I did it for two years I was legally blind. I had lost my eyesight. But that word that I had put on the inside of me stood up, in, and I was totally weak, to be honest with you. I was in the, the flesh was weak. I was, I was so sick, I would lay on the bed and, and sleep for days at a time. So I had no fight left in me. That attack right there took all the fight out of me. But that word that I had put in a couple of years prior to that stood up and fought for me. And it, it and that word was so powerful, it gave me my eyesight back. Amen. Uh, the, the word of God. 
is uh, it, what it says is more powerful than a two-edged sword. Right. You know, the one word of God is more powerful than a, a thermonuclear warhead. Mm-hmm. One word of God is more powerful than the Hiroshima bomb that dropped on Nagasaki. Right. Uh, you know, the word the world will end, but the word of God will still be standing. So uh, we need to put the word of God into us. I mean, there could be a time coming soon, folks, that uh, we don't have access to Bibles anymore. It wasn't so long ago that uh, Romania, if you were caught with a Bible, they would arrest you. This was back even as recent as the late 80s. Under uh, Suso, I believe was his name. You know, I remember the story of uh, Dimitri Dudeman. You know, the Word of God is precious, and we take it for granted. We leave it on our nightstands, on our bookshelves, collecting dust. We've got time to spend three to six hours a day watching TV, but we don't have uh, ten minutes for the Word of God. Yet this is going to save our skins in the days ahead. And if we're separated from it, then only the Word that you have put in and written on the tables of your heart, like David said, uh, are you going to have access to very possibly. You know, in China, they got to they got to go to church in these underground churches, fear of getting arrested and thrown into a slave labor camp or, or worse. Uh, so the word of God is precious, and uh, it will get you out of jams. Am I right? Right. That, that word right there, that's key, precious. When the word of God becomes more to you than your next breath. You know, our brothers and sisters in China, they, they will go to an underground church and stay there 12 hours at a time. With, and the, inside the building is 120 degrees with no air conditioning. And whatever minister that they can get, they will make him preach for 8 and 12 hours nonstop because wow. they, they don't have a Bible. So whoever can get a Bible smuggled in there and teach it to them, they will stay as long as you can talk to get that word. And um, they have prayer meetings that last for a whole day in, in that kind of heat. But they are also seeing some of the greatest miracles um, and signs and wonders that you can see, too, people being raised from the dead, you know, over there, little kids raise people from the dead with, with wow. no problem. <laughs> uh, I've seen all kinds of reports on the Internet and movies that they've made about it. It's remarkable. But their hunger and their passion for the Word and for God, for the for the Holy Spirit is, um, you know, a lot of these people have nothing, absolutely nothing as far as material things. And all that leaves you with is um, God. And... Um, you know, America, we, we are so blessed, and we have all the material stuff, but we have no passion for God. And, We're so and, blessed, Brother Beavers, that uh, Jeff, as I'll call you, because we know each other, that uh, you've got 25 versions you can read. Yeah. I mean, you know, some of these poor people overseas, uh, it's not even in their own language, and they have to have a translator. I mean, look at the early church. Uh, it was written in Latin. And, uh, you know, the, the people who go to the Catholic uh, churches over there, they'd have to have a uh, a bishop or a priest uh, read it in the common language. You know, many men gave their lives so that we could have the King James Bible that we hold in our hand. And, you know, whether you want to read the King James or the, or the NIV or the New American Standard, that's between you and God. But my point is we have so many options, we have no excuses. And right. some are probably saying, well, you know, I just don't understand it. You know, or when I read it, it makes me sleepy. Or I just, you know, I was, I was doing good until I got to this part, and then I, I don't understand it, so what's the word, What's the use of even going? Or 
Or, you know, I just have a poor memory. Well, yeah, I've experienced all those things. And what I've come to find out is, you know, it takes the Holy Spirit of God to uh, illuminate Scripture and bring you to meaning. You may not understand everything, but go ahead and put it into your memory banks. And the way it works is the more word that you read, okay, or you hear, you know, now we can even play it on an iPod or cassette tape, you know, and listen. Uh, that's pretty cool. I've done that. Sometimes I'll play it at night when I go to bed. But the point is, is the more word we put into our, our hearts, then uh, when you need it for for warfare, the Holy Spirit will quicken it to your mind. You know, it's just like a word came to me right now. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's a warfare scripture right there, Jeff, that we can speak against the devil as these attacks are coming. And, uh, you know, we can stop him. You, you resist him, he will flee. And uh, these are the weapons that we can use to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because Satan is out there seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. He hates your guts. He hates my guts. He'd like to see us all be destroyed. He has his demon hordes out there that uh, follow us down even from generation to generation, trying to trip us up. And uh, we've got to either put on the armor of God and start using the word of God as an offensive weapon, or we're going to be taken out of the game. And all the more reason now, when Satan knows his time is short, you know, the end of the story's already been written. Satan knows he's going to lose. Uh, but he wants to try to take as many of us as he can with him. We've got to start doing warfare. Otherwise, we're not going to stand. And uh, let me just share one other thing, and then I'll throw it back to you. I was under attack one time uh, physically. Uh, recent weeks, I was attacked in, you know, from three different directions. I, I'm sleeping. I wake up, and I have a, a massive blister on my left knee. A spider had bit me in the night. Didn't even feel it. And I'm thinking, dear God, brown recluse. Then I was getting ready to go to a deliverance uh, seminar, go down to see uh, Bob Larson in New York. No, he can't see you. Is it uh, infected, infected gum. Root canal, I'm told. Then uh, I injured my stomach, and I'm saying, dear God. What else could happen? And I'm thinking, you know, this has got to be a spiritual attack. It's just that real, folks. The devil did not want us on the air today to put out the truth of God. And so what did he do? He tried to smite the Internet connection. So uh, the, the point is, is uh, these attacks are going to come. If you bury your head in the sand and say, well, maybe if I don't do uh, anything, you know, to kind of rock the boat, Satan will leave me alone. No, he's not going to leave you alone. It's just going to make you an easier target because he wants to take us all down. And so you have no option but to pick up the sword, okay, pick up the cross, and get to work. Uh, Jeff, I, w I asked you earlier in the uh, program uh, about the, the word occupying. We hear that scripture a lot, occupy till I come. What's he talking about there when Jesus said that? Okay, I'll answer that for you. Um, you also, our producers told us that we have somebody patched in. Okay. And we're doing this. This is fly by the seat of our pants, too. So, this is live radio, folks. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you've tuned into a Mega Man radio. I'm on the line. Shannon Davis, I'm with uh, Reverend Jeff Beavers from Kentucky. Uh, caller, are you on the line with us? Hey, uh, Shannon, this is Peter in Sweden. Peter Coolen from Sweden. Brother, how you doing today? Pretty good, uh, thank you. 
And I don't know when, uh, at what point you tuned in, but uh, we were set for you at three. And uh, I'm coming in to uh, queue up all the equipment, and we had a massive satanic attack. Lost all of our internet connection, and so uh, I'm I'm flying in the dark. Uh, we had to go to uh, our remote production facility there in Kentucky. Thanks to Donna, uh, she's even got us on the air right now. So oh, praise the Lord, you're on the air. <laughs> Uh, so we've got uh, we've got the program up and running, and so all is not lost. And uh, folks, we were going to have uh, Peter on today to talk about uh, EMF Armageddon, and uh, that's such an interesting show. I want to dedicate a a full hour to it. So, Peter, if it is amiable to to you, I'd like to reschedule, and we'll get you back on the program, and just take uh, all the time you need to go through that. Was that working out for you? That's okay. Is that uh, in 4 p.m. your time? Uh, let me look at our clock right here. It is now. Uh oh, Jeff, you know what time it is? What number do you think I see on my clock? It's probably 3:33. God have mercy. <laughs> uh, we'll go into the meaning of that here in a minute, uh, Peter. I'm going to have to reschedule because I think all I've got uh, the ability to do today without my switchboard is probably one hour of uh, radio. So. I tell you what I'll do. I'll call you off there, and we'll set it up uh, to a time that's convenient to you. Would that work? That's very good. I got some important information on the um, evacuation in Florida, so we should uh, have a broadcast soon. Okay. I tell you what I'll do is after the show, uh, I'll get back in touch with you, and we'll get you back up on the air. God bless you, right. Peter. You'll be blessed. Have a great day. Jeff, are you still on the line with me? Yes, I am. Okay, again, folks, for y'all tuning in, this is live radio. You know, uh, you know, we're not putting on any airs. If you want a canned uh, program that uh, has been recorded, uh, polished up, uh, you know, run through um, all types of software to kind of smooth off the rough edges, then, you know, there's some other programs you can do that. But if you're tuning in, it's probably because you're like us. We're tired of the boring radio. We're tired of the radio that uh, has no anointing of God in it. And, you know, there's nothing like live radio. And, you know, God has given us a vision, has he not, Jeff, that uh, he is going to open up some great doors in these last days for a number of people. He is calling his people out of the caves. A fresh oil and a new wine anointing is being poured out across the land. And God is getting ready to uh, wrap people up, and there's going to be exploits done again. So, you know, we're excited about this opportunity here. Uh, we were just laughing about the 333. Uh, would you like to little, share a little bit about your experience recently with the 333, Jeff, that we've all been seeing? <laughs> I started in 1994, I started seeing the, the number 333 just everywhere I turned, uh, on license plates, on clocks. Um, and it, there's no way it was coincidence because I would, I would turn my head somewhere and there it would be. Um, and a person at work was even seen it and I didn't know they were seeing it they had it wrote down on their calendar all over when I talked to them one day they flipped their calendar over and said what does this number mean and I about fell on the floor and um for 16 years I had been trying to find out what that number meant and um because great mighty things happened I went into full-time ministry miracles began to happen right after I saw that number uh I'm talking about like God healing the blind, the paralyzed, people that weren't supposed to walk, people who weren't supposed to have babies, had babies. Uh, God grew bones back overnight so people didn't have to have hip replacements. He healed and put in new kidneys. 
um, people were saved, uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, delivered from demonic oppression and possession. And um, it was at 333 that triggered, I began to seek God and try to and say, what are you trying to show me? And here, 16 years later, he finally, he begins to show you and others that are were associated with us that we knew and friends and family. And um, he began the same process all over again of showing 333 all the time. I mean, physically. We're not seeing this in the spirit. We're seeing this physically. Uh, you saw it uh, recently in Jacksonville, did you not? Yes. You were down there uh, meeting with a brother, and uh, what happened around 3.33 in the morning in your hotel room? That was, yeah, the, the power of God come into our motel room. Me and my brother were in the room, and um, it was a tremendous anointing. God began to talk about how he was birthing new things and new ministries out of us. And... Um, at that same moment, your brother, at the same time, was in Jacksonville. He was uh, probably 10 or 15 minutes away. He was at his house, and the power of God come on him, and he jumped up out of the bed and said, what is this? So we knew it wasn't just in our minds or our heads that God was really, you know, sometimes you can, you can get a little flaky uh, when you've grown up Pentecostal churches. You, everything's God. Every goosebump becomes God. But we knew with somebody else at the exact same moment they told us the power of God came into their room too we knew that that was a confirmation that it was God and um, all those that experienced that have went on uh, huge doors have opened up big contracts have been signed all kinds of things we can't even talk about um, all kinds of doors I mean huge doors not little doors have opened up for people that are seeing this 333 um, it's happened for me, it's happened for you, for your brother, for my brother, for um, even my dad, um, just all kinds of things, doors that um, man could never open. God has begun to open them. Now, I'll be frank. Uh, it started to uh, trouble me because I began to see it, uh, you know, like three days in a row. I'd see 333. You know, I mean, it, it was everywhere. I mean, I was getting off at exit 333. Uh, look at my dashboard, 333, my cell phone, 333. I'm saying, my goodness. So I started to ask around, and some tried to say, oh, it's probably an attack of the enemy. You know, it sounds like an occultic number, but it wasn't that at all, was it, Jeff? What did you find yeah. out was the meaning behind the 333 when God showed you? Right. I went to the Bible, and I began to study the numbers three, and I went into the Old Testament, and I, I looked up in the Hebrew what the number three meant. All numbers and letters in Hebrew have a meaning. That number three had three different meanings in the Hebrew. It meant power, perfection, and restoration. And when you put all three, when you put three, three, three together, you got power, perfection, restoration. Which means Praise God. Holy, Holy Ghost power, the anointing we've been talking about today. The perfection is the dying to your flesh and learning to walk in the Spirit. And then the restoration is anything that you have lost, any attack that's come against you that brought destruction, anything that you did while you were in sin, any bad choice that you made, God will begin to restore these things. And that's exactly as the Lord is my witness what he did in my life. The 333 brought perfection, restoration, and power as a young 27-year-old back then, this is 16 years ago, 27 or 26-year-old 
young preacher just starting out. God did those three things, and he did it very quickly. And he did it to the point people stood back and said, what is this? It was so fresh and so new that ministers that had been in the ministry for 20 and 30 years could not guide me through this. They could not. T- they said, all I know is God is doing something in your life. It was it was so powerful and new. They 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 couldn't even really. They I, I wanted a mentor and I couldn't even find one. And God, no, God really. Uh, go ahead, brother. He 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 moved so fresh and new. You know, I began to um, be able to see in the spirit world. I began to to hear the Holy Spirit. He would talk to me just like a, a person standing right next to me would be talking to me. He would begin to give me wisdom and insight. He would begin to um, let me even hear demons plotting against people and making their schemes. He would let me hear that and then show me how to stop that attack, which has become a very um, awesome weapon to use, to be able to hear demonic schemes and to know what they're going to do before they've even finished planning. That's like the next uh, level of discernment right there. It was it was a huge amount of discernment. It was almost overwhelming. Uh, to I have to turn that off at times. I you can't walk in that kind of discernment all the time. It would just it would keep your mind so boggled. I just I pray and ask God when I, when I need it, show it to me. So I you know to, God. God is speaking, uh, Mike. Uh, excuse me, Jeff. All the time. Yet uh, we're not always listening. You know it says. Uh, when when man, I'm going to paraphrase this, you know, man laying on his bed, uh, God speaks once, twice, three times, yet, you know, man comprehendeth it not in the dream as he slumbers on his bed. You know, God can get your attention any way he wants. He can do it through a number. Uh, you know, if he wanted to, he has your number out there. He could call you on the phone, literally. You know, nothing is impossible with God, but, you know, God also expects us to do our part, and that is get in the Word of God. You know, uh, spend some time in prayer. Uh, fasting is an excellent means to um, to get the flesh in control and, you know, kind of clear out some of the uh, the fog in our brains and, you know, some of the interference so we can tune in a little bit more to the Lord. You know, God can speak audibly. Um, you know, something just came to mind. Uh, share to our listeners, with our listeners, uh, what happened some weeks ago with this lady's voice that you all started to hear. That kind of ties into current events right now. Right. That was um, one of the manifestations. You've got to realize a, a manifestation, anything we're talking about, like seeing the 333, if it's God, there will always be fruit. The fruit will always bring forth glory to God. It will bring change. It will bring honor to the Lord. You will see a physical fruit, anything that God does. Any manifestation of God will bring about fruit. Fruit means some sort of change for the good or to bring about ability to, for you to be able to help people. It's yes. always going to lead back to the Lord. All things lead back to the Lord that are of the Lord. So remember that when we talk about manifestations. Is, um, always look for the fruit of it. It, it. it will always lead back to the Lord Jesus Christ and glorify yes. Him. So that's when we talk about the three, three, three. Um, that is what led me to really begin to realize that God was with me and to seek Him with my whole heart 
and that he had this ministry for me and that um, he would take care of my enemies, take care of me. Um, it, it really changed my life and turned me into a different person. Amen to that. And, you know, he'll use any anything at his uh, discretion to get our attention. I mean, if it wasn't 333, then, uh, you know, it switched to a, a 911. As, my, as God is my witness, I've been now seeing 911. And we were doing a program the other night, Jeff, with uh, Peter Coolen. We were doing a program on the uh, Gulf Armageddon, you know, the uh, the crises that's uh, forming out there in the, the Gulf Coast states. And uh, as we're talking about it, saying this could be the next 911, I looked up at my laptop and boom, it was 9, 11 p.m. Amazing. So uh, <laughs> uh, I think that's kind of a, an indication to me that we are in some perilous times. And that kind of goes into uh, the warning God gave uh, you and your brother Mike, uh, when you all started to hear a woman crying, uh, what kind of laid the foundation for what that was? Okay. Uh, our producer said Mike Beavers is on the line. Uh, go ahead and patch Mike through. Are you there, Mike? Mike? Are, you, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here, brothers. Uh, Mike Beavers from Kentucky. Uh, welcome to the Mega Man Radio Show. You're not a stranger. You were on with us uh, in our premiere show. Glad to have you on the program with me and Jeff today. Thank you, sir. Uh, you all were talking about 333, and actually I turned on your broadcast, just caught the word that you was going to be on. And uh, when I looked down at my computer clock, as a matter of fact, it said 3.33 p.m. Praise God. <laughs> so I figured I've got to jump in and, and get in on this conversation. The four is yours, brother. Okay. Uh, first of all, today I've been in prayer as a... Uh, Y'all were talking about earlier some spiritual attacks and things coming, uh, of course, what the enemy likes to do. Um, anytime that you're walking through hell itself, or some people call it the, the fire, uh, whatever you'd like to, uh, to call it, uh, or the Bible even says trials that we walk through. But God gave me a word again. I had to go right back to a scripture that uh, has just been like a, a solid rock for me to stand on whenever I'm going through something. Because the Bible does say that that even many are the afflictions of the righteous, but it also says that God delivereth them out of them all. And thank God for that. Uh, but I was looking in First John chapter 5 and verse 18, and this is for all of us, but it, it says in the King James here, it says, We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Uh, one of the translations I like to read, too, is how the Amplified. It just gives you a basic translation of what the Strong's Concordance uh, means. It says, We know absolutely that anyone born of God does not deliberately or knowingly practice committing sin, but the one who was begotten of God, which is Jesus Christ, carefully watches over and protects him, and Christ's divine presence within him preserves him against the evil, and the wicked one does not lay a hold or get a grip on him or even touch him. I love that scripture, uh, Brother Shannon. I stand on that yes. daily. And uh, that is one word that you can stand on. Uh, of course, we know that the enemy, uh, anytime you have a vision that's starting to become a, a reality or a dream that's becoming a reality in your life, uh, you can be sure the enemy wants to steal that seed of faith that's been planted in your heart. And we have the responsibility of guarding, uh, Brother Jeff is getting some revelation on this too at this time, but we have the, 
the responsibility of guarding that spiritual guarding, the garden that's on the inside, which is your heart. Yes. And your heart is the agreement center. Anything that enters into your mind, if you allow it to get into that agreement center and come in an agreement with it, uh, it's going to begin to manifest. So it's important to remember uh, whatever we walk through, and thank God that we've got friends like each other and, and other friends that we know that can come in an agreement and say, this is what God's Word says uh, about our situation, and we're promised victory through Jesus Christ and everything that we face. So you all really fed me, and then you were talking about 333, and like I said, I just tuned into the show, and that's exactly what time it uh, it came to pass when I, your show aired. Uh, got on the computer and it said 3.33 p.m. Folks, that's how this thing works. You know, uh, God never, you know, reveals something only to one person. He'll do it to multiple people, and then you've got a witness to it that you were hearing from God. And so we've been seeing the 3.33 everywhere. Um, and just before you came on, Mike, uh, I was asking Jeff to uh, tell our listeners out there the story of um, what also happened here in recent weeks, uh, where God uh, gave you some insight into uh, what's going on right now in the Gulf, and you started to hear this voice. Jeff, you want to uh, let our listeners know what you experienced, and Mike, you can give your testimony on that? All right. Okay. See, Mike just tuned in. He wasn't listening to the program, and um, he just quoted, what, three or four scriptures that we've been talking about? Yes. That's yeah, right there. there there's, that's an example of the anointing and, and being in the Spirit. You can connect. When you're in the Spirit, He's the same Spirit. And when you connect with other people of the same Spirit, then the Holy Spirit will start flowing like that just to let you know you're going in the right direction. And um, we, Mike and myself, have begun audibly. Very rarely do we hear something audibly. But this, we, for the last uh, probably month, month and a half, maybe even a little longer, have been audibly hearing a woman crying to the point we jump up in our houses and go th- we we run through the rooms thinking it's one of our kids or our wife it's a uh, distress crying it, it tears you up to hear it and um i heard i was woke up twice hearing this lady the second time i got up and i looked around again and god spoke to me he said go read jeremiah chapter four he said, you will find the crying woman. So I oh. read the whole chapter. Got down to the, there was no crying woman until the last verse. And then it talks about all the things, that the calamities. It said, I'm going to allow to come upon the people because they're stiff-necked and hard-hearted. They're not listening to me. And he said, um, I will allow a calamity after calamity to come upon them until they turn from their evil ways. He said this he said there will be a calamity that in this is in the Bible now. Jeremiah chapter four. He said there will be a calamity that will hit, it won't destroy everything, but there'll be a destruction that even in that area the Bible says the birds will leave that area. There will not be a bird left. Now get a picture of what you've been seeing in the news. He talked about the people will won't live in that area anymore, they'll leave that area. But he said the whole area will not be destroyed, just a part of it. And he said, I'm going to do this and send calamity after calamity until the people begin to listen to me. And this woman is crying. We're hearing it audible. The last verse, 
in that chapter says that there is a woman, and she is weeping. It said to the point that she can't even catch her breath. And it says she has her hands outfolded, and um, she's saying, the murderers, I'm going to faint, the murderers have come upon me. The Bible calls that woman the daughter of Zion. So I said, okay, God, you've, you've, you've spoke. The, the woman is the daughter of Zion. Zion represents, in the Old Testament, Zion was Israel. It would represent now the church or the body of Christ. And I'm like, okay, so the body of Christ is crying out right now because of its own condition. It is spiritually dying because of it has compromised, it has settled for less than what God wanted it to have. It is um, messing around in sin. It is not doing what it's called to do. It's being complacent and sleepy. And all the evil that we should have stood up against and destroyed, the church has slept through it. Now the evil has grown to a point it is pressing against the church, and the church is going, I can't breathe, I'm fainting. And, but it's also tied into this oil spill. The, the word in, in Jeremiah said the birds would not be alive. They would all be destroyed. said the people would leave this area of calamity. So I believe the oil spill is a, is a sign that God is allowing these things. All the earthquakes that have happened here lately, all the volcanoes that are erupting, all this is signs that God is waking up the church. He's allowing calamity to hit, to get us to a point because apparently we're not going to listen until things get bad. And But it will also, on the flip side of that, anytime there's a crisis, a famine, or a calamity in the Bible, there is a transfer of wealth, which is very interesting. We may not have time to go into that. Isaac sowed in a famine, and no one else could grow anything. And he grew and got a hundred times back. Joseph had a wealth transfer in Egypt when there was a seven-year famine. He became the richest man in Egypt, and he became so rich that he could help he helped the whole world stay alive. I'm getting chills right now just hearing you say that. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so God's not limited to recessions, depressions, lack of money, oil spills. He likes to move during those times because only he can get the glory out of it. He tells us in the end times, he said, great darkness will be on the earth, but my glory will also cover the earth as the water covers the seas. So what he's saying, um, for this is the opportunity right now for a born-again, spirit-filled believer to step up to the plate and prove that God exists. How will we do this? Because in times of darkness, God's light and his glory will be upon us. We will stand out. We will be different. We will not lose our minds. We will not be in chaos. We will not have our peace stolen from us. We will not forsake the anointing. We will stand up and we will be the, what will be called, I say, God, I don't want to be normal. I want to be abnormal. We will go against the crowd. We will go against the flow. We will be the ones that will stand up in this hour right now and say, thus saith the Lord. And we will be the ones that walk in the peace and the health and the prosperity, while the wicked will be literally losing their mind and saying, what must I do now? Everything has failed me that I put my trust in. So God has told all of us to position, this is what he's meaning, position ourselves for a harvest of souls, which means physically, spiritually, emotionally, 
we must be walking in the total perfection of God's Word and His Spirit in our lives. It's time to do it now. We don't have time to wait. It's, it, it's, God has accelerated time. He has accelerated what He wants to do in our lives. He, that's why He's doing it very quickly. We're gonna, we can't afford to be playing catch-up with God right now. We've got to be listening to Him and willing to obey Him at a moment's notice because everything He's going to tell us to do is going to be motivated towards winning souls. Okay, Shane, Praise Shane, God. We've got, we got three minutes left. We, uh, we can keep going here for a little bit. Um, okay. Mike, would you like to comment on that? Uh, yeah, what are you down to, three minutes left in your show? No, we we can uh, extend that. Actually, I had a two-hour block, but uh, we'll go on a few more minutes. Uh, okay. The anointing is flowing, so let's just keep moving. If uh, if both of you are in agreement to that? That'd be fine, brother. Jeff? Let, yeah, let Mike go ahead and share Absolutely. With Mark. Go ahead, as, Mike. As Jeff was speaking, that word of what God has showed me, and he's been showing me this for quite some time, um, as he has said, we've we've been hearing a, a verbal cry of a woman. It almost sounds like a Jewish woman uh, in anguish, almost like she's uh, sometimes it's travail, like a woman having a child, and sometimes it sounds like a a misery, like a woman just lost her child. And I've had that happen at least uh, I think three times that I know of. So uh, God gave Jeff the revelation of what was going on. Uh, but but I also see the same thing that he's been talking about, and it actually, because it was talking about calamity coming on the daughters uh, of Zion. Then if you go to Isaiah chapter 60, it also talks about the glory that comes to Zion. So there's really a twofold manifestation that's coming out of this whole thing. There's there yes. is calamity, we see that now, but there's also the glory of God that wants to manifest on those who will position themselves in his righteousness uh, return back to true holiness, which is of the heart. Uh, it's not necessarily the way that you dress or the things that you do physically to try to be holy, but it's returning back to a right position in your heart with God in total obedience and fellowship with Him in a relationship. But, uh, Isaiah 61 says, Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness to the people, but the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. If you study this chapter, Shannon, it even talks about the, the coastlines giving up their goods, that it will come, uh, God's glory will come through this to his people. So as I've been telling you over the last several weeks, that it's very important for us all to get spiritually and physically even in position and be ready for for the harvest of souls, and I, I can see God uh, driving a harvest of souls and a move of His Spirit coming up from from those uh, coastlines in the Gulf Coast, and somehow it's coming all up to the north. And yes. God has a perfect plan for this, as He's getting us all positioned right now in that area so that we can be ready. I also see it coming for businesses. Uh, in this chapter, it talks about these ships and all of its goods would come to our coastlines if you look at yourself and put yourself in the place of Zion. Uh, all the goods, and you think about that in the oil spill that's going on right now, all the shifting that is taking place uh, could very well start bringing all these goods up to a whole other region in the north. And why is God doing that? I, I've seen for a long time now, Shannon, little grandmothers 
that have been praying and interceding for years for a move of God to come to their their area. Uh, their hearts are in the right position, and they, they've started this. Some of them have prayed even since we were uh, young children for God to move, and there's others that have been part of this uh, intercession that's went on. So God is honoring this, and he's, he's telling us it's time to get positioned for an end-time move. And what's coming upon the righteous will be provision in a time of great famine all around us. And anytime you have darkness around you, if you are the person, uh, say Brother Jeff is holding the light, if the room is dark, guess where I'm going to go to get out? I'm going <laughs> to find his light, and I'm going to find my way to him and say, can you help me out of this darkness? And then once he says, yes, as a matter of fact, I've got a light that you can have for yourself, then you've got two people holding the light in darkness that says, hey, anybody else want out of here? I've got the answer. Here's the light. Follow it and come and get your own light and be a light to somebody else. That's what God wants to do. And it's a, a massive move of souls uh, being won into the kingdom. Uh, I, I've actually seen this going up into the year of 2015 that God is showing me that that will be a, a historical move of his spirit. Uh, like I said, it's just a matter of getting into position where we need to be. Praise God. If you are just tuning in, uh, you're listening to the Mega Man Radio Show. I'm your host. My name is Shannon Davis. I have on the line today from Kentucky, ministers and prophets. We've got Mike and Jeff Beavers. Mike, the name of your ministry is called Arise and Shine Ministries? Yes, correct. Uh Uh-huh. And Jeff, uh, you, the name of your ministry is? It is Trinity Outreach Ministries. And we're going to repeat that here in a few moments. But what I wanted to do, if you all guys are in agreement, is I want to go ahead and announce our line number. And in a few minutes remaining, we'd like to open up the lines. Uh, and if you have a prayer request, you have a comment, um, you can call in. And uh, we'll be honored to uh, pray with you. Uh, our call-in number for today's show is area code one nine one seven eight eight nine two seven four five. And if you have a question for Mike, Jeff, or myself, press one when you dial in. Again, that's area code one nine one seven eight eight nine two seven four five. Now, both of you are ministering in Kentucky. You have your own individual ministries, yet you do ministry together as well. Uh, how can people get in touch with you? If they would like to get some more information about your ministry, I know that you'll have uh, radio programs, and uh, you're also available to preach and minister as the invites come. Uh, I'll start with you, Jeff. Do you want to give out any information on your ministry? Okay. Um, We have just opened up a prayer line for people to call in and pray or to give a prayer request or if they need ministering to. And uh, we've had that up and running for a couple weeks now. And uh, let's see, telephone number to that is area code 606-561-0313. And you're located in, in Kentucky, am I correct? Yes. Praise God. And, and Mike, uh, if someone would like to get a hold of you, either to have you speak or, or get more information about Arise and Shine Ministries and your radio program, uh, how can they do that? Okay, they can do it one either of two ways. Uh, we've got a ministry line. They can call it area code 
888-242-4329, or they can email me at Ministries at live.com. Praise God. Again, if uh, you're listening to this broadcast and you have a special prayer request, you have a physical infirmity, you have a uh, unspoken request, you have a financial need, you can call for prayer right now at area code 1-917-889-2745, and our switchboard will put you through to Jeff and Mike. Just press 1 on your phone. So God is really uh, moving in these last days, guys. That's what I'm hearing. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, he is speaking to his people. I believe he's given us warning that uh, we have some dark days on this country, yet there's some some real opportunity for ministry. If people would like to get off their duffs and actually go out and do what uh, Christ called them to do. And, uh, you know, I, I don't believe it's any surprise I've been seeing the number 911. I believe that all ties in that, uh, you know, it's just like God, the Holy Spirit is just saying, warning, warning. Um, we're going into some... Uh, tumultuous times, and uh, I think it's pretty evident that uh, something uh, very serious uh, could be upon us with um, this Gulf spill that they're nowhere in sight uh, of uh, being able to contain. you have any comments on that? I believe it's, um, it's a bad time to be wicked and a good time to be safe. <laughs> Praise God. And, um, I was when God told me to begin to prophesy about the oil spill and say there would be a transfer of wealth come out of it. I'm like, oh God, please don't, because when you start saying you're prophetic and you start speaking, everything better line up in order. It better be a hundred percent accurate. It better be true, because there's yes. headhunters out there that will chop your head off in a second and label you a false prophet for the rest of your life. You know. If you say something's going to happen in three days and it happens in four, even though it happened, they're still going to come after you. So I, I said, God, to prophesy and to say a wealth transfer out of the, the nation's biggest natural disaster ever is crazy. But it was crazy, too, for Elisha in the middle of a famine where women were eating each other's babies wow. to stand up at their gate and say, this time tomorrow there will be food and clothing, and everything you will need. And one man stood up and said, no way, even if God opened the windows of heaven. He was referring, the windows of heaven, the Jews knows what that means. He said, even if God opens up the windows of heaven, which means there's no interruption, no nothing stopping it, he said, this thing cannot be. He was saying, God cannot supply our needs in less than 24 hours. He can't change everything around. He can't move, and this situation is too great. The prophet said, you know what? said, because you didn't believe the word of God, you will see it, but you won't eat of it. And when they opened the gates the next morning and said there's food and provision outside the gate, all the people stampeded that man and, and trampled him to death getting to the food. So he died mocking the prophetic. But the people that believed it ate that day. And God had a, an arrangement already made. He caused those the people, they were locked up because an enemy had them under siege to the point, like I said, they were eating each other's children. They were boiling them in water and eating them. They were eating donkey's heads. They were eating manure, anything they could to stay alive. And God had these people's enemies that caused this had to turn around, and God caused them to hear a great 
thunderous sound, and they ran and left all their food, their animals, all the clothing, because they'd been out spoiling everybody, taking everybody's riches and everything away from them, and they had collected it for themselves. Then they run off and they leave it. And four little leper sick guys, they're the ones that stumbled upon it and they found it because they were willing to go out. They said, why sit here? We're going to die anyway. If we don't die of leprosy, we're going to die of hunger. If we don't die of hunger or leprosy, then the enemy's going to kill us. So let's go out and do something. And it's those guys that found the greatest spoil of the enemy ever and saved an entire city. So that's why I'm prophesying this by the Spirit of God that this oil spill, yes, it will bring about change. It will bring about people leaving the area. It will bring about people headed north. It will bring about a change in the economy. But it's also going to bring about a change in people's ministries. It's going to bring about a change in the anointing. It's going to bring about a change in people that are following God, their finances. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. People that have misused this money and stole from America and stole from its citizens, they've, had, they've abused their rights. They are losing their money now by the millions every day. It's, it's being transferred. It will have to. These people that robbed their own people for a dollar are going to lose everything that they got, and it's going to go into the hands of the righteous. Praise God. That, that's you know, a powerful word right there from God. That's powerful. If, that's if, a powerful word. Yeah. Go ahead, brother. I said, if if you're righteous, that means if you're in right standing with God, and you're wanting to do something for Him and, and for you. Most people say, I want to do something, but I don't have the money. Then this is the season to get ready, because it takes money to be a witness. It takes money to evangelize. It takes money to be in the ministry. I, I have to pay for gas to go in a car. I have to, you know, nothing is free, even in the ministry. And um, that's always been, Mike and I will both tell you, that's always been our, our thing is we don't have the money. We're, we're always going, where are we going to get this money and that? And it would be not, could you imagine a time when the money is there, you don't have to worry about money? That the money is there, not to consume it on your own lust, but the money is there to help other people with. That That's the, the time that I'm praying for and looking looking forward to. That those right. needs will be met. And I would like to say something out there to the listeners, either listening live or on podcast. Uh, you know, God expects us to be good stewards. And if God has blessed you, and then you're taking your money and you're sending it blindly into one of these televangelists uh, where you can see no fruit of their ministry. I mean, uh, the only fruit is what they they say that they're buying with your money. You know, they're buying Learjets, for example. Um, shame on you. I ask you, just as they're on litmus test to knowing whether or not you're in the will of God and you're doing what God has called you to do through his word, there's also a litmus test for evaluating ministries. And I've always had a problem where you know, money would go to someone, then if I have a need, I can't even reach them by phone. How many of the big uh, evangelists out there with big international ministries can you get on the phone? If you had a prayer request, could you get through to them? If someone died in your family, would they preach the funeral? Would they preach your wedding? You know, We're going to have attacks daily. And what's rare in this world in this time are, are true ministers of God 
<clears throat> that are reachable. And so uh, the two ministers we've got on the phone right now are an example of ministries that you need to get behind and support out there. You know, God wants the tithe, and then, you know, he asks for the offering. That's where the real blessings come from. But, um, you know, also what will determine whether or not you get a, a tenfold or a fiftyfold or a hundredfold return is what type of ministry are you planting it in. And I can tell you there's some that uh, you're not going to get much in return back because God's not pleased with the work that they're doing. Now, he, he will honor your faithfulness, but uh, also I believe you can plant uh, seed on bad ground. It's just not going to yield the fruit it could. You know, give to ministers and ministries that are making a difference. And uh, it does take money to do ministry. And, you know, you're, you're listening to three ministers of God that, uh, you know, trust God month to month just to make it by, sometimes day by day. You know, we don't have the luxury of three Learjets on the, the tarmac out there. You know, we're believing God for food every week. But uh, we've also been given a word to speak, and, you know, what option do you have? When God has called you, you can either be rebellious or you can do what God has said to do. And he's, all, he's called every one of us to do something out there, you know, pick up our cross and follow him. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're not worthy of Christ. It says if you're not willing to forsake all, then you're not worthy of him. So uh, it, it's really a time to search our hearts, wake up. It's unfortunate that uh, this country has to be judged, but it, it, if it requires a wake-up call, then God will do it out of his mercy. In 57 seconds, 1.5 million people were homeless in Haiti. And that was a tragedy. But it took that to bring down the, the grip of voodoo that had been on that country for over 300 years. And it's opened the doors for missionaries around the world to get in there and preach the gospel. And uh, it took out a couple of the voodoo churches down there. It fell right on their heads. Um, you know, and it's opened up the doors for people to come to Christ. I believe that uh, through crises, you know, it drives people to their knees, which otherwise would not have a need for God. You know, people can still be stubborn, and then, you know, it'll be to their demise. But uh, I believe that God has a purpose behind this, and the Gulf uh, crisis has not caught God by surprise. I'll turn it back over to you guys. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing. You're getting me fired up here. Go ahead. <laughs> it's amazing. It, it should be that God is so good to us, we want to serve him and not have any gods before him. Yes. But that, that doesn't always work out. And yeah, it, it, it's a shame that it takes wake-up calls to get us fired up and, and seeking God again. Because um, wake-up calls sometimes are hard to recover from sometimes, too. And um, it, it is a shame that it, that it takes that. And um, most people don't like to speak things like that. And, and if you do, if, if you enjoy judgment and all that, you know, there, there's something wrong with you, too. Sure. Uh, just, <laughs> when, when I see stuff like that, it just as, as a prophet, it just breaks my heart. Yes. Because, um, you know, Jeremiah, they called him the weeping prophet because he prophesied because of your sins you will go into bondage. And then he had to sit and watch it happen. And Jeremiah means the weep, the weeping prophet is what they called him. And um, so for, for people to get excited about calamity and people being destroyed is um, that the Bible says you're of the wrong spirit. Yes. But to also to know that when these things happen, it is an opportunity to lead to repentance. It's an opportunity to um, lead people to the Lord whenever there's a crisis or a calamity. The church is supposed to step in and seize that moment, that, that door, because it may not open up again. It may be just a small opportunity or a short opportunity. 
but you need to be ready to seize that moment, step in and be the light to the world in that moment of their darkness. Amen to that. Mike? Yes, sir. I believe uh, calamity always brings with it an opportunity. And it's really basically, you know, what is your heart set and your mindset during those times? Uh, because I, I, I've, well, I've known of people in my life that when calamity comes, uh, they'll live in fear. They'll speak fear all day long. Uh, I've, I've known of people that uh, were ready to just hide in the corner until it's all over with. And uh, that's not really God's best for us. What he wants us to do, he said, to occupy until I come, which means to take the territory, possess the land. And if God can do it for a man like Joseph in the Bible, if he can take him through a process uh, when it really looked hopeless for him, if you read those events that helped, that happened in Joseph's life, uh, it looked it looked hopeless. I mean, here here the man had a dream, and his brothers turned jealous on him, and his own father, after he reveals the whole thing, even turns and rebukes him. Then his brothers decide, well, let's kill him. They throw him down a well and say, well, let's don't kill him. Let's just sell him into slavery. So he's taken into slavery into a pagan land, and that pagan land was called Egypt. And then he's sold into Potiphar's house. He tries to do what's right there. He keeps himself positioned right in God. And all of a sudden, he's falsely accused of sleeping with Potiphar's wife. He's imprisoned. But if you notice, in every area that he was at, God blessed him. If it was Potiphar's house, he would be over the whole house. When they imprisoned him, he took over the whole prison system. And because God's favor was on him, and he kept himself positioned during that whole time because he had a dream that he knew that God had given him. Maybe he didn't fully understand everything, but he knew the dreams and the gifting was real. And then one day he got his opportunity, Shannon, to stand before Pharaoh, and you can imagine that. You know, here's a guy that claims himself to be God. Yes. You're going in with, you know, the God that we know, you know, God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, like us standing today, saying, well, we, we know the answer. And at that time, you know, if he would have screwed up and missed it, he'd have probably been dead. But he positioned himself right in God. He walked by faith, and he revealed the Pharaoh's dream, and it set him in a position during a great time of, actually one of the greatest times of famine, to be a provider, not only to his family, but to millions of people that came to him for food. Their lives depended on it. And uh, the Bible says he was a prosperous man during that time. So it's really about the heart. Uh, you know, you were talking about the ground. I, I understand that. I've, I've seen ground that's not been good to sow into, and there is uh, in every realm, whether it be you're preaching in the streets or on television, it's really a matter of the heart. Where is that ministry's heart? And... Uh, I've got no problem, uh, he was talking about, that was good, about ministers having planes. Uh, the difference would be if I had a plane just to fly myself to uh, Hawaii every weekend and I'm a minister just to hang out and have a good time, that's that's one thing. That's, you shouldn't. You, if God gave you that, you should use it for his kingdom. Absolutely. And you have another minister that uses it to go to Africa back and forth as much as possible every time he gets a chance to do yeah. mission work. That, that's that's a matter of the heart is what you're talking about there. Yes. So that that's important. You know, 
uh, yeah, and I agree. You know, if you find ground that's not good, don't sow into it. You've got to find good ground uh, in order to reap the harvest. Look at their fruit. I mean, are they uh, feeding the the widows, the orphans, helping those in disaster, blessing yeah. Israel, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? If they're doing that, and uh, you know, then then uh, that's a ministry you want to get behind. Is it one that you can call and ask for prayer? Yeah. That's the one that you want to get behind. Um, you know, God does want uh, his people to prosper. Uh, an airplane is a tool. And uh, used by a ministry that's going to uh, do the Lord's work, it's a, it's a very valuable asset to have. And then, of course, there are some that uh, are in the business purely uh, for business. You know, they, I, I've, I've heard of people that would get into the ministry and they said, hey, you know, uh, it's the greatest MLM of all time. Uh, of course, you'll you'll know them by their fruits, as the word says. So uh, you have to evaluate a ministry, determine uh, is it making an impact, and then those are the ones that you want to get behind. Yes, amen. And yeah, so, um, notice, uh, go ahead, notice, even even uh, this is Jeff talking. Uh, you can notice people that pay their tithes into their local church. Some that do that are kind of blessed, or not blessed at all, and others that do it are really, really blessed. And you go, well, what, what's the difference? One is the heart, but two, even it, to pay your tithes into a church that is not bringing the gospel to the outside four walls of the church, if they're not yes. going into the streets, okay, if then the gospel isn't being put first. They said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The Lord was talking to his disciples. They were literally talking about food and clothes and, and being taken care of. And th- the Lord gave them the key. He said, in everything you do, put the gospel first, the kingdom, God's way of doing things, and winning souls and righteousness. Put that first. And he said, you won't have to worry about clothes or foods. He said, um, all these things, you know, the unsaved seek after them. So don't even worry about that. He said, you're in the kingdom this stuff will be given to you if you have the gospel. So um, you even look in your church. If your church is not doing that, you need to step up to the plate and go to the pastor and form a committee and get that church to get outside of its own four walls because, you know, we think we're serving God by keeping the lights and the electric bill of the church paid with our tithes. And that's got a place. It's got a place. But if you really want God's heart, think about more than just yourself. Go down the street to the single lady with five kids and trying to raise them and take her a bag of groceries, okay? You will get more return on that seed that you planted right there. That's right. Than you will, you know, a selfish that, that gets that seed being consumed and only thinking about yourself or thinking about your church. When, when you plant a seed that's bigger than yourself, and and your motivation is to plant it so that it will go out and help somebody else, You there's where you will see return. And you can tell very quickly if a ministry has that or not. You say, how can I tell? I can't see somebody's heart. Because you can tell when you plant and you get a return back quickly, and you get a 30, 60, and 100-fold return back on that seed. That is God telling you, your seed was planted in good ground. The gospel is going forth. Wherever you put that seed, that ground 
is producing the gospel. And you will know you will know real quick. I think that's probably one of the physical reasons God tells us to plant seed. Because if if it don't go into good ground, it's not going to bring anything back. But if it, Amen. it goes every time I've put it into good ground, I mean it has come back every every time. And um so I know by experience that planting that seed and the motivation of your heart and telling God I'm giving this to you for souls to be saved, and I know your your word says you're going to give it back to me. Praise God. It'll work, it'll work every time. We know the word does say it is more blessed to give than to receive. Yeah. And uh, so you sit down and you kind of overlook it for a minute. Well, if you apply that word to a ministry, and the ministry is asking you to give so that you can receive and heap it onto yourself, I would say that would be different from uh, maybe ministry which says, look, um, we have a great need here. There are some children that are going without food tonight. Um, we need to raise some money to take this widow woman and build her a house. Uh, there's an orphanage. And you give uh, from the heart looking to help them. I believe you're going to have a greater return there because it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I, I believe you should also have that philosophy when you give. Don't give just so God... I'm going to give you $100 because the minister said, if I do this, I can expect a hundredfold return because I need $1,000 cash because I want to go take a new vacation. Now, I believe we should believe God for things. You know, We have not because we ask not. But uh, if that always becomes the, uh, the motivating factor, I, I want to give because uh, God can't lie. And uh, if I, the more I give, the, the more he's going to pay me back in cash. Well, it didn't say that. I, I believe... Uh, God will look at your heart when you give, and he'll say, you know, if you're just wanting to give so you can heap it up on yourself, selfish desires, you know, that's not the, that's not the right attitude either. But if you truly give because uh, you have a heart to help somebody else, and you realize, hey, tomorrow you could be in that situation when you want someone to help you, then I believe you'll not only be helping them, but God in turn will turn around and, and really give you a big return. you have anything to add on that, Mike? Yes, I can share with you a personal experience uh, in ministry. It's been several years back, but one night in the service, uh, I was getting ready to preach, and I think I'd actually even started uh, giving the Word of God out, and God stopped me in the middle of it and showed me a lady that was, uh, Jeff, you'll remember this, in eastern Kentucky. She was sitting in the pews and said that she has a need for $50, and the, the need... I don't know what it was, but God said, you know, it's desperate. She needs $50, Mike, and you've got it. Well, to be honest, I had $50 in my pocket. <laughs> wow. And that's what I had, you know, to live on, that, that, that you know, those few days. So, uh, but I didn't argue. I said, God, because I felt her heart. I felt, the, and, and when you have godly compassion, you're willing to give whatever it takes to help somebody in need. So I sold it. You know, I called her up. And I said, God showed me that you have a financial need, and he wants you to know that you, he loves you, and that he wants to provide it for you tonight. And here's the $50 that you need. She began to cry and weep, and uh, she received it. And I kid you not, Shannon, before that service was over with, there was a lady sitting in the back pew that wrote out a $500 check and said, God's told me to hand this to you for your ministry. So out of one act of obedience and sowing in good ground, which ultimately you're sowing it to God, uh, out of obedience, he increased that many times over uh, just in one act of 
of obedience. You know, I mean, if you looked at it that in the natural and said, "Well, I can't do that. I've got to eat the next three days," uh, you know, I would have missed out. I would have missed out on a great. Uh, the the biggest reward was to see her face. To be honest, rather than have the fifty the five hundred dollars come to me, that was good. I, it was a blessing from God. But the, just like you said, it's better to give than it is to even receive because to see her face light up and see God meet her need. We, uh, Jeff and I have seen that in ministry many times of people that were right down to the wire that, that needed a financial miracle. And that's why the enemy is so afraid because if you get a hold of the blessing and the financial means to help people, the enemy's in trouble. And I yes. know you do, uh, you, Shannon, and Jeff personally, um, the enemy's in trouble because you're going to be one that God can use that says, okay, let me write out that check for you. I love you, and God wants to provide your need for you. Well, praise God. Um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Show. My name is Shannon Davis. I'm the host. I have on with me reverends and prophets Mike and Jeff Beavers from Kentucky. And um, we're going to uh, close in prayer in just a moment. But uh, if you have uh, a prayer request and would like to call in and have Mike or Jeff or myself pray with you, you can call in right now at area code one nine one seven eight eight nine two seven four five. Gentlemen, do you all have any uh, closing words? Let's start with you, Jeff. I believe I spoke to my little tonsils are hurting, but uh, <laughs> let's check the board and I see if the producers are getting phone calls. No phone calls. Okay. We're going to make sure no one had called in the last couple minutes. And, um, we I want to thank uh, Donna tonight for her help uh, as producer. We would not have been able to do the show without her help today. So thank you very much, Donna. God bless you. Yes, sir. Jeff, go ahead, brother. Okay. We just want to tell everybody that we love them. We appreciate their response. Uh, the last time the three of us got on the air on Mike's program, the response was very good. Uh, people from all of the United States contacted and um, wrote very good responses, so we appreciate that. Appreciate your encouragement. And um, the anointing and power of God was very strong. And um, when we get back with Shannon, I believe next week, uh, we really will have a, a time of, of prayer and let the anointing just begin to move, a time of prophecy and the word of knowledge for people to be healed and delivered. So um, put that on your calendars. I believe Shannon, is it next Friday? Yes, absolutely. We're going to be doing a uh, program together uh, next Friday at 8 p.m., and I think we'll also have special guest uh, Reverend Arliss Beavers on as well. And uh, Mike and Jeff, you all are doing a, uh, a radio program uh, called Arise and Shine Ministries, and you all had a fantastic time in the Lord last week. Uh, how can people find out about uh, your radio program? And and pick up the uh, last week archives. If you missed the show, I uh, encourage all listeners to go to the website Mike is going to give out and listen to this program. It was just a powerful anointing of God on it. Uh, one way, Brother Shan, they can get on is if they're on your page listening right now. Uh, of course, we have a friend link, and you'll see uh, Mike Beavers right underneath your friends, and they can go. They can click on that on Blog Talk Radio and go directly to it. If not, it's uh, they can go to Blog Talk Radio, and I believe you can do a search under Mike Beavers, and it will pull up. Uh, but I believe the link is blogtalkradio.com, then it's Mike Beavers. That, that's the actual link to it. 
Well, I, for one, am looking forward to uh, your next broadcast, and it was uh, it was a pleasure to be on that. And um, I know that uh, God is going to move in mighty ways. Uh, I would like now to have you all uh, give out your uh, contact information one more time, and then I'm going to have you all close in prayer. So I'll throw it back over to you, Jeff. How can people get in, in contact with you in your ministry? Give your ministry title out also. Okay. The name of the ministry is Trinity Outreach Ministries. And our prayer line, the number is area code 606-561-0313. And that prayer line is usually open between the hours of noon to 4 o'clock, and there's an answer machine on it. If you don't get a hold of us, leave a message, and we'll return your call as quickly as we can. Praise God. and. Mike Beavers, uh, how can people get a hold of you at Arise and Shine Ministries? Okay, they can reach us uh, by ministry line at area code 606-425-4329, or they can email us at ministries at live.com. Praise God. Well, for those that uh, have tuned in or will be listening to this in the podcast, I want to thank you for... Um, participating in another Mega Man radio show. Uh, we're trying to gear up to do uh, an 8 p.m. program uh, at least twice a week, and we may also throw in some 10 a.m. programs in the mix. So uh, the best way to know when we'll be broadcasting is go over to omegamanradio.com, and I'll be uh, publicizing uh, future guests on that program. Uh, before we go, I want to uh, close the program out in prayer, so I would like to have you gentlemen uh, go ahead and pray for anybody listening out there and whatever else the Lord uh, has shown you. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you today, God. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Lord, not an opportunity to lift ourselves up, but, Lord, I'm speaking today over the airwaves. Lord, thanking you in advance. If there's one listening that does not know you, that they will accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior today and ask Him into their hearts to forgive their sins and to start a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. That's the most important decision we will ever make in our lifetime. And Lord, I thank you for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, going to those that are listening right now and those that will listen on the replay of this broadcast, Lord, I thank you for your healing and delivering anointing, Father, Just let that in Jesus' name be released upon the people, Lord. Let healing power flow now, Lord. Heal every disease, Lord, every malfunction. For your name's sake and for your glory, Lord. And we will give you the praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. And Brother Mike, would you also have to say a prayer over the program? Yes, I'd be glad to. Father, we thank you for the broadcast that you've given uh, our brother and friend, Shannon, I ask that you open the doors wide to use it for the glory of your kingdom. And Father, we come in agreement right now and pray for everyone that is listening that most importantly, as Jeff just prayed, that they would come to know you, Jesus Christ, as their personal Lord and Savior, that they could repent of their sins, their own way of doing, and say, God, I need you in my life and receive you in their heart. And, God, that you would change your life forever for the better, we pray. 
and I lift up everyone that has needs that may be agreeing with us in prayer that's listening, that your healing manifests now in Jesus' name, that your delivering power go forth and manifest now in their hearts in Jesus' name. Uh, Father, that financial miracles and the wisdom and understanding would come for those that may be struggling financially or even in the business realm. And, Father, as Jeff was speaking a word in prayer, I pray for the one, Lord, that's been listening and a young lady that's even been weeping and listening to the show. God, you love her, and I ask that you would embrace her with your presence and bring her into an, uh, a close, intimate relationship with you like she's never experienced before through your spirit and your word. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, and I want to thank uh, your Father God for this opportunity for us to get together in a time of fellowship and a time of breaking bread. I'm asking God that uh, you would bless anyone listening to this program. We bind any demonic spirits that would attack any of our listeners. We bind the strong man. We ask God that you'd loose your ministering spirits out to minister to the needs of anyone listening today in accordance with Psalms 91. And anyone that has any illness, we bind the spirit of infirmity. We command healing power of God to go forth in the name of Jesus Christ in accordance with the word which says that through his stripes we are healed. So we command all illness to be bound up and leave the bodies right now in Jesus' name. We command the, the bodies of the lizards to conform to the word of God where it says that through his stripes we are healed. And we want to thank you, God, for this opportunity, and we give you all the praise and the honor and glory, and it's about your son Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us that it even makes it possible for us today. And we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to thank uh, you, Mike and Jeff. Uh, I want to thank you all for coming on tonight. I want to uh, shout out to Donna for producing the program tonight. And uh, we hope that if you're listening, you'll tune back into our next program and uh, tell a friend. Again, uh, OmegaManRadio.com is the, uh, the website to go to. And uh, until next time, God bless you.